Welcome to the Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast, where today we will be listening to this week's sermon by Pastor Brent Russell. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, right now we want to come to you for the needs that we see around us. Lord, we pray for those who are challenged by everything that COVID brings. Some with uh, challenges of isolation, challenges of fear, challenges of anxiety, challenges of finances. I'm asking, Lord, that you would step into those places and that you would bring peace and hope. I pray, Lord, that we would be able to persevere and endure. And Lord, that in doing that, you would show up in ways that we can see and understand and that you would build our faith. I'm praying for those, Lord, who are who are wrestling with physical ailments. I'm asking for healing and for strength. For those who are waiting on doctors for the right and good diagnosis. For those, Lord, who are enduring and fighting through cancer, I'm asking that you would, would bring your healing and your peace and your strength to their bodies and to their hearts. Lord, I pray for us as a church that in this time when we have the stay-at-home order, that you would, in fact, be building your church in such a way where people who, who are far from you would come to know you, and people who know you would walk deep within your heart. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, today, if you have your Bibles, I want to read from uh, Colossians chapter 15, verse 20. It, as we take a look at, at these passages, you know, there are some times when my command of the English language seems extremely inadequate, and this passage brings light to that. Not only that, but each phrase in this passage is so pregnant with meaning that there's no way that we can expand uh, all of what's here today. It would take uh, months and months and months worth of ser sermons just to, to get into the middle of, of what it's saying. Uh, a lot of these uh, words about Jesus shed light on theological debates throughout the ages. We don't have time to get into that. We're going to miss a lot today, but I'm hoping what we get will cause your heart to swell in worship. It will cause your, your mind to see more of who Jesus is. I'm praying that the Spirit of God will take what I say and use it so you would be encouraged in your walk with Jesus and you would have an expanded view of Jesus and your faith in Jesus would grow and be strengthened with hope. I'm praying that your heart would break out in worship because that's a great response to this passage. In fact, the scholars tell us that the, the passage we're going to read was an early hymn of the church. It's something, something that they sang. It's debated on what stanzas and where the phrases were, but let me give you a possible one as I read through this passage again so that you hear it and that you know it. Here's what it says, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15, a hymn to Jesus. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. 
He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Lord, open our eyes so we can see who you are. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. The Son is the image of the invisible God. That's what Jesus said in John chapter 12, verse 45. He says, the one who looks at me is seeing the one who sent me. In Christ, the invisible God became visible. Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3 says, The Son is the radiance of God's glory, the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful world. When you see Jesus, you've seen the Father. And that means that when you see Jesus having compassion on the lost, on the hurting, on the grieving, on the sick, you are seeing the heart of God. This means that when you hear the stories of the prodigal son who was welcomed home with open arms, or of the sower who went out to sow seeds, or of the shepherd who lost one sheep and left his 99 and found that lost sheep and rejoiced, you're hearing the heart of God. It means when you see Jesus loving the unlovable, like the tax collector, or touching the untouchable, like the leper, or meeting ones he was not supposed to meet, like the woman at the well. You're seeing the heart of Jesus. You're seeing the heart of God for the lost, for the marginalized, for the hopeless. You're seeing the heart of God. And I want you to see the heart of God for you. You can see what God wants for you. For in the compassion of Jesus, the love of Jesus, the truth of Jesus, you can see God's heart. And it's for you. He loves you. Goes on to say, He is the firstborn over all creation. This does not mean that Jesus was born, except of course in Bethlehem, but it's describing his place of privilege, the special relationship that he has with the Father. It speaks of a relationship to all of creation. He is overall. God made humanity to, to be steward to the world uh, of the earth and, and rule over the of creation over the earth. But but Jesus has authority over all of that. He is the ultimate ruler, the ultimate steward of creation. That means that creation matters to him. Some people think that all that God cares about is people, but in fact he cares about all of creation, which means that the people of God need to steward creation it says for in him all things were created that's exactly what the apostle john says in john chapter 1 verse 3 through him all things were made without him nothing was made that has been made in scripture you have god the father represented as the architect he determined to bring creation into existence 
You have Jesus who, in a sense, is the foreman of the, the construction project. Jesus actually brought the, the plans into existence through his creative, imaginative power. The Spirit is the one who is hands-on on the project in relationship to creation. He works all things out. What that, me that means for you is that, well, you are a part of Jesus' creation. It is through him that you came into being. You are not a mistake. You were in Jesus' mind before the earth was formed. Just to make sure that you're getting what he's saying, Paul, Paul defines what he meant by all of creation. He says this, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. It's not only the world, it's the heavens that were created by his almighty power. It's not just people, but the angels of heaven. He spoke into being. It's not just the physical realm that you can see, but it's the spiritual realm that you cannot see. He brought it all into being. And Paul says, just so you get the point, whether thrones or powers, rulers or authorities. Some people, when it comes to this thing that Paul is saying, are talking about uh, governments and thrones and, and Caesars. But if you look at his wording, when he's talking about the full armor of God in Ephesians, he uses this exact phrase to describe the demons and devils of hell. And he's saying even he brought those into creation. And here's what I want you to know. The world may seem a little out of hand sometimes. Spiritual warfare may seem intense sometimes. It seems that the devil has the upper hand sometimes. It seems like sin is running rampant sometimes. But I want you to know this, the one whom you call Savior, the one whom you call Lord, the one who is his, who you have received into your life, he is over all of creation. And while not everything conforms to his will, there is nothing outside his control. And I want you to know that he cares about you. Paul sums it up like this. All things have been created by him and for him. At the first of the verse, it says that all things were created through him. But now it's saying that all things are created by him and for him. What the, this means is that, well, Jesus is the goal of creation. Everything exists to display his glory. Ultimately, he will be glorified by his creation. This means that you, whether you know it or not, were created by Jesus and for Jesus. Your friends, your families, your neighbors, they were created by Jesus and for Jesus, whether they know it or not. This means that you will find your purpose in Jesus because Jesus made you with a purpose. This means that as you worship Jesus through your words, through your actions, through your work, through your play, through your relationships, that you are, in fact, doing what you were created to do and being who you were created to be. It's there that you will find your fulfillment. You know, when you live outside of your purposes, when you live outside of the way that you were created to be, when you choose not to, to be for him in your life, you will find that living outside of who you were made to be is kind of like using an iPhone 
as a hammer to drive a nail. You may be able to get the nail in, but the iPhone's not going to be what it was created to be. It's going to be some damage, some hurt. You may be able to uh, do a lot of things, but until your life glorifies Jesus, you're not going to walk into all the fullness of what you were meant to be. goes on to say, He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Before anything that you can see, or smell, or taste, or touch, was made, there was Jesus. He is older than the planet. He is older than the universe. He's older than the stars. But not only that, in him all things hold together. He did not bring into existence creation and then walk away. It says that he is still very much involved with his creation. He is still present here and now, and he is holding things together by his all-powerful word. And although you may think the pandemics of the present or the natural disasters of the past indicate that this world is out of control, he is able to take what is, and even the demons and devils of hell will eventually make them uh, uh, conform to his purposes. When you take a look at the news, and when you're tempted to despair, I want you to know this. He's before all things. And in him all things hold together. I want you to know that Jesus has this. Jesus will work things out for his plans and his purposes. Jesus got this. You can trust him. Now we go on to stanza two. And here we come to the stanza of the hymn. It starts to focus in on those who are following Jesus. And it's going to focus in on, on those who, who uh, have received Jesus into their life. Not only is Jesus head of creation, but he's head of the new creation. And every aspect of creation that has been touched by sin will be touched by grace. Every part of creation will be restored, and those, those parts that demand to be left in their sin will be put in their proper place. And so the second stanza of the hymn goes on like this. And he is the head of the body, the church. Paul uses the body to emphasize the organic nature of the church. Sometimes Paul will talk about the organizational nature of the church. But here he's talking about the body. He says, Christ is the head of the organic church. He is the Lord over the church. And this is helpful when it comes to thinking about Asbury. It's not my church. It's Christ's church. It's not the member's church. It's Christ's church. It's not the people who give money's church. It's Christ's church. It's not the board's church. It's Christ's church. And this is not just some nice-sounding theological phrase. But our goal, our hope, is to conduct our church, the one that we call our home church, to conduct it under the functional lordship of Jesus, where it's just not something we say, but we look to him about what we should do and how we should live. The functional lordship of Jesus needs to display in how we interact with each other.
and how we make plans for the future. The Jesus is Lord. Goes on to say, he is the, the beginning and the firstborn among the dead. God determined that the new world order would be ushered in by Jesus. It would be built around Jesus. The age of redemption and reconciliation were initiated by Jesus. And through Jesus, he is the beginning because, and because he lives, we who come after him can live also. So, so that he may have, so that in everything he might have supremacy. The resurrection of Christ showed the supremacy of Christ, and it ushered in a new time, a new era. Just as creation depends on him for its existence, redemption depends on Jesus. He's the primary figure in it. Sometimes in our worship of Jesus, our Jesus becomes very small. We worship Jesus for what he did for us personally. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. But we need to also remember the big picture. In everything, in everything, he has supremacy. He has ushered in a new age for people of all times and all places and all colors and all races, that they may know life and that they may know forgiveness and that they may be reconciled with the God of the universe. It's not just about us, but that in everything that he might have supremacy. For it says, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. Everything that God is, Jesus is. The fullness of God dwells in him. Jesus was completely God. There, there are some who will try to tell you that, well, Jesus was just a good man. He was more than that. Some will try to tell you that, well, Jesus was just a prophet. He's more than that. God, in all his fullness, dwells in Jesus. Jesus was and he is God. And that's important because that allows him to do what he came to do. It says, and through him to reconcile to himself all things. Next week, we're going to continue on with this passage, but take a look at 21, which we'll look at deeper next week. Once we were alienated from God, and we were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior. We were separated from God by sin. We were enemies of God. We were alienated we were on opposite sides. But Jesus took it upon himself to reconcile us to God so that we might have a relationship. But not only that, he's reconciling all things to himself. It says, through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or in heaven. Jesus is reconciling all things. When sin entered the world, so did death and decay. A world flourishing with life now had to contend with death. And death came in many forms. It came in sickness and disease. It came in weeds and thorns. It came in hatred and anger. It came in discrimination and domination. 
Uh, it came in so many different ways. And when we say that Jesus is reconciling all things to himself, the story is so much larger than just your salvation or my salvation, the salvation of the soul. It's talking about reaching uh, to the, uh, into life to all the places that death has touched. When Jesus did, uh, what Jesus did about repairing, he went about repairing what went wrong in creation. That's what it means to reconcile all things to himself. Salvation not only applies to humans, but he's saying it applies to all things. And then if you understand this, then you will understand that the part of what it means to cooperate with Christ is to promote the flourishing of life. Beauty is something that's valued by God. Flourishing in work and in purpose is something that is valued by God. Good government is something that's valued by God. Relationships of love are valued by God. It's all part of what Jesus is doing to reconcile to himself all things, all things in heaven and on earth. It goes on to say, making peace through his bloodshed on the cross. There's a power of the cross that speaks into life, that speaks life into the places where sin spoke death. And through the cross, once we were alienated from God, we were separated from God, we did not have a relationship with God, but through the cross, we have been made peace with God. We have peace with God. Christ is at work. He's doing amazing things, awesome things. That is who he is. Once we shrink Jesus down to our size, we miss the grandeur of who he is. Sometimes we think of him in very small ways, but he is over all and in all and through all. He is above all and he has supremacy in all and he is reconciling all things to himself. We won't see that, that until uh, he comes back uh, in all his glory. But for now, we cooperate with him as he works in our lives and in the lives of the world around us. I want to hear you to hear one more time who Jesus is and then let it reverberate in your heart as worship. Colossians chapter 1 verse 15. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him, through him and for him. And he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. When you see who Jesus is, Ah, uh, worship happens. I'd invite you to worship. Let's pray. Lord, thank you so much for who you are and showing who you are to us. 
Thank you, Lord, for your word that speaks directly into our lives. Help us not to have a small view of you, but help our view to be expanded of you so that you're overall of our lives and we see you at work in our world. Lord, and help us to worship. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us this week on Asbury Free Methodist Broadcast. Make sure to visit our website at asburyfmperth.com where you can subscribe and never miss a show. If you'd like this broadcast, you might want to check out our Facebook page, Asbury Free Methodist Church. Until next week, take care and God bless.